Welcome to POP, a piece of what's happening here at Peace Lutheran Church. My name is Tony Katko. I'm one of the pastors here at Peace, and I'm recording this on Monday, January 24th. This is a shortened version of our message from last Sunday. Think of this as a way to spend a few minutes in devotion, connecting with God and with what's going on here at Peace. We are in a series on spiritual gifts, and last Sunday our focus was on using our gifts. One of the things that keeps us from using our spiritual gifts is shame. And I'm especially aware of it this time of year. Because at the beginning of the year, there's so many messages about self-improvement. Think about it. It's the new year. It's time to be the new you. Whether that's a diet plan or a fitness plan or changing a habit, trying to improve your time management, being a better parent in the new year. And all these plans for growth aren't inherently bad, but they also often come with an underlying message of shame. And the shame is hidden in what seems like a good positive message. Because the positive message is this, look, I have good news. You don't have to be ashamed of yourself forever because you can change. All you have to do is work really hard, follow this plan, and you can become a better version of yourself. But the unspoken message here is you do have to feel ashamed of who you are right now. You're right, you're not good enough, but you could be if you follow this plan, whatever that plan is. And sometimes we think of spiritual growth in the church in the same way. Yeah, you're not a good Christian, but you could be if you climb the spiritual ladder high enough. And the way that I see it, there are three major problems with this kind of shame that's related to this idea of self-improvement. And the first problem with this shame is it's sometimes around things that we can't even control. So to use our health, for example, many of our choices, of course, do affect our health, but there's also a lot that's simply out of our control, like our genetics, where we were born, how we were raised. There are so many things that bring us shame that are simply out of our control. And the second problem with shame is that it's not helpful. There's some good research out now that shows that shame and guilt are not effective motivators. Trying to make people feel bad about themselves is not an effective way to change their behavior or their choices. So shame, it simply doesn't help anyone. But the third problem with shame is theological. That's why we're talking about shame today. When we feel like there's something wrong with us at our core, something that we have to be ashamed about for who we are, that doesn't match up with God's vision of us. God who said from the very beginning that we are made in God's image and we are good. And then in our reading from Sunday, it was the first part of Romans chapter 12. And listen to how Paul starts this message. He says this to the church in Rome, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He's saying, you are, who you are is holy and acceptable to God. It turns out that what God wants is you, not some better version of yourself that you're endlessly chasing. No, just you. Give all that you are to God. And of course, when we do that, God works in us. God works through us to bring transformation, to renew our minds. 
but we don't have to try and change ourselves first. You are already holy and acceptable. God made you who you are on purpose. Which brings us to another verse in this passage. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. And here's the part. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, at first glance, that sounds kind of strange. God assigning us different measures of faith. But the measure of faith that God assigns us isn't about like a different amount of faith. It's more like how our faith is lived out differently in each of us. And in some way, the kind of faith that we have, it isn't something that we work to achieve. It's a gift. It is a sign to us from God. Listen to how Paul goes on to explain this in the next section. For as in one body, we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. And then Paul goes on to list some of these different gifts. There's prophecy and teaching and ministry and leadership and generosity. So Paul's saying that everyone's faith is lived out differently. And that's not a mistake. That's exactly the way God wants it to be. The church is stronger because we have a diversity of people and a diversity of gifts. And some of these gifts aren't better than others. They aren't more holy than others. Just like the body needs all the different parts to perform their function, we need everyone to live according to the specific gifts that we have been given. Now here's what's freeing about God assigning us this measure of what we do with our faith. We can stop comparing ourselves to others. We do this all the time. We can stop trying to be someone else who we think is better and just accept that God made you the way you are for a reason. And the world needs you to be you, not to try and be someone else. So the question we need to keep asking ourselves is this, who did God make me to be? Where do I fit in? As we go through the series, I hope that you see that we all fit in. We all have gifts. How will you use the gifts that God has given you? I'll close us in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for making us who we are. Strengths, flaws, quirks, and all. May we see where we fit in, in your dream for this world. May we use the gifts that we have to live into this dream. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.